0: Hello and welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings toward our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Okay, joining me today for a very special podcast about the World of Ice and Fire book, I have um, Eon.
1: Hi, this is Eon, and you can find me on Tumblr
2: at EonBlueNegative. And Guile. Hi, this is Guile. You can find me at Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr.
0: Awesome,
3: and um, we have Dramas joining us for the first time. Hi, this is Dramas, and you can find me on Tumblr at iHeartDramas, all awesome. in one word. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and we also
3: have joining us for the
0: first time, Josie.
4: Hi, this is Josie. You can find me on Tumblr at a story in the end.
0: Awesome. So we, um, we're we going to be covering this um, The World of Ice and Fire book um, for the three or four people out there who bought it, uh, <laughs> and for everybody who did it. <laughs> um we're gonna kind of run this like a q a podcast so just get prepared for some question and answer stuff i guess um let's just kind of start with um overall impressions of the book um i'll start since i'm technically moderating this hi i'm Chickie chickered on tumblr oh and i should probably give a massive spoiler warning because we're not only going to be talking about this book which covers everything and we might get into even some wind spoilers but we're also going to do a really quick um, rundown of some of the Game of Thrones season five spoilers at the end of this podcast. So this is like spoiler laden. So get out now if you're spoiler free. Okay. So overall impressions of this book. <laughs> I feel like I have to like volunteer full disclosure. I did not read this whole book. <laughs> totally didn't. Um I-, I read like the Targaryen stuff and then I kind of quit and then just like pieced through the rest of it. Um, I don't know. Eon, what did you, did you, you, did you read the whole thing? I'm
1: the same as you, Chicky. I read the first half, <laughs> and I just got overloaded with Targ. <laughs> so I put it down for a while and then I put it, I picked it up again and I, I went through some choice parts and yeah, there's just so much Targ info.
0: There's a lot of Targ. Kyle. how about you?
2: Well, I actually didn't even really skim it. I kind of half-skimmed it, but I have opinions. (laughs) Um, I actually really like it. I liked it from the perspective of it being a contemporary history written for the victors, and I loved that they went with that full force. So they're vaguely insulting every time they mention the Starks. Even worse, when he mentions Dorne. You know, Elia, we don't know why her children died. Maybe she oh did it herself.
4: God. Yeah. You know,
2: all of these little things like that that are meant to glorify Robert and, in turn, Joffrey and Tommen. And I just think that was really a really hilarious way to do it. So I really appreciated that, um, maybe more than some of the, any of the specifics about the Targaryens.
0: Yeah, you know, dude, I really like that, too. I kind of like this idea that they went with, that this is a history, this is definitely, you know, a... a you know, it's a book with a point of view, and it's biased, and it's 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 it is much more interesting for that, I think, and that is, I think, probably the most successful thing about it that they they went with this. This is a maester writing this, and so you're getting his opinions, and then you get little, and he puts in um, some older pieces from another maester that who's written with his own opinion as well. And I, I do like that. I do kind of appreciate that about the way that they And
2: if it. you have the physical book, the cover and the back cover are like super plush. Yes.
1: It's yeah. so pretty. I, I, totally. I also enjoyed that. <laughs> My cat Finn really loves how plush plushy
3: this book is. He loves it. Aww. Cat approved. <laughs> yes, you know what I was also review? thinking? What? I was also thinking... That they kind of probably are, went with this, uh, you know, it's the point of view of such and such maester, because then that kind of gives um, J R M- G R Martin like an out, because anything that's on there, it's not necessarily the truth. So if in the further books, in the other, and you know, in Winds or something, if something is different than what is in this history book, he can be like, well. That's because, you know, it was edited out by this maester or really this maester like changed that. the truth. That is a really good point. Yes.
0: Yeah, it really does give him an out, doesn't it? He can just be like, oh, haha, that was just a biased opinion or he only exactly. has limited information or something.
4: <laughs> and Josie, how about you? Any thoughts? Yeah. yeah, I I did read the entire book. And like, as some of you probably know, I'm still in school. So like, I read a lot of textbooks. And so it was like a textbook, but it had dragons. Yeah, it's just amazing. That's Ooh. a perfect description right there.
0: <laughs> it is like a textbook. It does read somewhat like a history book. But like a good one. Uh, yeah, a pretty good one. I, I'm, I think my biggest issue with this book is um, I feel like it, uh, it didn't quite fall into a category for me. <sighs> it was kind of like, it, you know, is it an encyclopedia? Is it a history book? It kind of straddled some weird categories and, and kind of left some big gaps to me because of that. Um, but then again, you know, I'm really not interested in Targaryens. Like, I swear they should have done like a subtitle on this thing, like a complete history of the Targaryen dynasty, because <laughs> there's so many Targaryens <laughs> in this book. It's just like, actually, I, I checked because I was like, it feels like half the book is Targaryens, but it's really only like a little over a quarter, but it feels like more. Than that. Yes.
1: It's the same reason Chiki won't read the Dunkin' Egg nove- novellas either. It's exactly the
0: same reason. Yeah, it's just <laughs> not my first love so is there anything you guys wish had been in this book that wasn't obviously i've already said clearly there are things i wish was in it but like eon how about you anything you wish was in this thing
1: i wanted more tarth i wanted to know the house words of house tarth there were so many things about tarth i wanted to know and it's not even a full paragraph on tarth
0: (sighs) yeah dude and you know we actually got a little bit more on tarth than a lot of the other lesser houses and and still it feels like there's kind of a gap there Guile, how about you anything you wish was in here
2: more targaryens. No,
0: yeah. <laughs> Dick. Nice.
2: No, I agree. More more tarth. Um, you know, I get that a lot of it's supposed to be hinting and it's sort of tantalizing about things, but it would have been nice to maybe have a couple more um fuller stories about some of the other houses or even about um somewhere in Essos. Like just something that was a little bit more complete since I think a lot of the meat of it is purposely incomplete.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's it's like it, it touches on a lot of things, but you don't. It's like your your taste isn't really satisfied for anything except maybe that Targaryen dynasty stuff. At least for me, that was how it felt. Um, I don't know, dramas. How about you? Any anything you wish was in there?
3: Well, you guys know I'm House Frey biased, <laughs> so I was I was expecting House Frey words. Um and but nothing. you know I, I did get you know a few there were some mentions of phrase in there and we did get the illustration of the twins which I was very happy about Right right um but one of the things that I was looking for this in this book specifically was for more information on the faceless men because obviously now with yeah. where Arya is and her path I would want to know more about the organization you but know, they literally only have like what half of a page about yeah. them? and then like an illustration of the coin or whatever. And yeah. that was it. You yeah.
0: know, this this was kind of a theme throughout this thing. Um the kind of organizations or 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 you know, social structures are missing from this book. For me, what was missing is like the faith. Why on earth is there not a section on the faith? I I can't come up with a good reason. The citadel. There should have been a section on the citadel and there isn't there are little bits and pieces and you can kind of pull some things out from different places, but it just is really sparse. And yeah, the faceless men as well. I, yeah. The, this is one of the big disappointments to me. Cause it's just like, I, you know, I really feel like it's oversight. I'm, I'm really not sure what happened. Um, that they didn't include some of that stuff. So I definitely feel you there, dude. Um, Josie, how about you?
4: Um, I completely answered the opposite of this question and said I could have had less iron <laughs> they did get a long section oh, had, I counted it was twice as much as the Westerlands got and I was angry you're kidding was it
0: twice as much
4: it was close I definitely there were a ton of pages I kept flipping ahead I'm like I, I can't stand these in the regular books and then,
3: ouch yeah. Ouch! I actually enjoyed the the Ironborn um, <clears throat> you, especially actually. the legend of, of the Grey King and he married a mermaid and <laughs> you know like it The fable, you know, and...
4: Yeah, I think... And uh,
3: the Red Kraken.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, he was
3: awesome. I mean, he was foolish, but he was awesome. And then the the Red Kraken's salt son with House Lannister and how they eventually got a hold of his salt son. And then, like, what's her name? Johanna Westerling, Lannister, like, a complete, like, you know, boss, gelds him and then makes him her fool. Like I was like, oh my god, that's
0: such a Theon
3: moment, and and then it reminded me so much of Theon because you know what happened to him, (laughs) and I was like, okay, there's a history of like the poor Greyjoy is just like you know being very uh, prideful and then having that fall. Yeah, I I really liked how it touched
1: on the founding of um, the Ironborn and their religion, and it it has that Lovecraftian feel. Again. And like the sea stone chair is made up this up of this unknown oily black stone. <laughs> and that's where you get all the, the deep ones from H P. Lovecraft and the Merlings that you have in, mm-hmm. in a Song of Ice and Fire. I thought that was pretty neat.
0: Yeah, it was interesting that it kind of implied perhaps like a, a prehistory that no one even knows anything right. about, the stuff about the sea- And there was something else, there was something other than the sea stone chair that that implied yeah. that as well. What was yeah. it? There was a yeah. the citadel. Was several. The citadel, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah.
2: There's the
1: tower in old town, the base of it is made of that oily black rock too. Oh, and yeah, it was-, was it
0: the high tower? Is the it high the high tower, tower it's or it's the citadel? The high tower. Okay, you're the right. High
1: tower, yeah. And it's that same it's
3: like a monolith. Yeah. Yeah. And also, if you I know that you guys didn't read the second half of of the book, but towards the back of the book, (laughs) they start going into Essos and all the other lands in this world. And in each one, you'll find a place that talks about like people with web feet or people that have toad-like features I'm have to and i'm like out. oh my god eldritch horrors oh my god yes. hp oh, totally. oh my god cthulhu is just gonna like pop out I'm somewhere to check that out yeah because
0: i love that i stuff. did i did read a little bit of that so stuff what what so stuff did you guys read i read let's see i read norvos and i read the cohort because those were interesting um, those are really the only ones I really read completely and I, I gave a pretty good run through the Bravo stuff just because I think how they were founded is so interesting as kind of like a refugees from the Valyrian Empire. What,
3: oh, what in Essos grabbed was, your was, attention? Uh, uh, I Volantis. The mazes. Oh,
0: yeah. The mazes. the mazes were interesting. And Volantis, too. Actually, Volantis, I feel like Volantis might actually pop up again in the next book or two.
2: Well, I think the political structure was interesting because it was basically all property owners, whether they were male or female, had a vote. Um, you know, so I mean, that was kind of, you know, interesting example of democracy.
0: Yeah, it's, it, there. there's a lot of information there. And I'm sure that for, <laughs> for big Essos fans, that was something to dig into. I mean, I'm kind of, blah. I'm, I'm pretty much like, just give me the Westeros information that I want that you're not giving me. God damn yeah. it. Like,
3: That's, um, going back to like the problems with this book, I think that might be an issue that people had with this book is that, um, It was so broad that maybe when they were writing this book, they should have maybe, like, maybe cut it in half and had one book that's just on Westeros and then gone on and done another book on the other, on the other lands. Because obviously then that would have given the people who only wanted to know about Westeros, they would have had, you know, okay, I'm only going to get this book. And then the people that are like, Completest and just want to know about everything. Like I am would have gotten, you know, both more of an, an overview type thing. Yeah. I, I think that I think that's my problem is I
0: think they tried to be everything to everyone. And so just weren't really great at anything is kind of my personal take on it. Um, and that's just kind of where I felt it was like the things that I kind of expected to be here aren't like I, I really expected gosh, I really expected, um, full family trees for at least, like, the Houses Paramount. And we only got, what was it, like, four family trees? I think we just got yeah. the Targaryens and yeah, the Lannisters, Jamie's name the Starks. The oh, dude, I saw that! I can't believe they misspelled <laughs> Jamie's name. So hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah, we got the Lannisters, the Baratheons, um, Starks. Starks the Starks and, tar- and the Targaryens. Yeah, I mean, we didn't even get all the Houses Paramount. I was just like, this just doesn't feel like
3: Yeah, I, I was expecting the Arryns to be there and the Baratheons.
0: I just expected all the houses, Paramount. I expected every one of the major houses to be in there. I mean, you know, I can understand how they couldn't get into every single house. but And, you know, even, like, in in every section, I noticed, like, they tried to do this thing where they put the um, coat of arms for a lot of the major houses in in each of the kingdoms, but they didn't even get all the the houses in. You know, there are people missing still. I was just like, gosh, can't just do an index or something?
1: And, you know, even on that Targaryen tree, I don't even recall seeing any link to Tarth. Which really kind of it really finished. no there wasn't jerks. Really so
0: strange, really. <laughs> it was the biggest tease ever. <laughs> this whole <laughs> Targaryen tar thing. Okay, so we also have haven't touched on probably what for me is 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 the greatest success of this book, which is the art, or we've barely touched on it. Um, the artwork is unbelievable mm. for the most part. Um, <laughs> particularly, i like I loved like what was it the Dragonstone. Pe- were, yeah. Oh gosh, some of these were amazing. What did did anybody else have any favorites?
2: Well, I mean, you know I love Canadian
3: Rager Oh god. <laughs> hockey player Rager. <laughs> See, um, once you guys mentioned hockey player Rager, like it's never Ragar it's it's never like I'm never gonna unthink that. <laughs> He's, I'm
2: just gonna know,
0: forever.
3: I mean <laughs> yes. he,
2: he might as well have drawn him in a hockey jersey. <laughs>
0: You know, b- the only, like, weak spot for the art for me were a few of the Targaryen portraits that included yes. small children. Oh. Were so creepy, I couldn't even look at them. There were, like, two <laughs> or three of them. <laughs> it was just, like, yeah. a cringe fest. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. I, I did look up the-, the artist's name. I'm not going to say it, but I-, I was just like, oh, man, what is going on here? These are not human children. I don't know what
1: they are. I really well, love the technically- picture of Aegon one.
3: Yeah. Oh, he, he. he uh, yeah, he was, he was nice. He's pretty hot.
0: Yeah, He's, he's nice. Hot. Well, he sure was a conqueror. So there's that. He's got that going for him. <laughs> yeah.
4: And River Run is basically Disney.
0: Yeah, you know, <laughs> I didn't like that depiction of River Run. That was not my favorite depiction of River Run. And I wish I knew who it was that has done my favorite, but it's not in this book. I didn't love the River Run take that they had. It is very Disney. Like the doors were blue or something, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. I really liked oh, Casterly sure. Rock yeah. and High Garden. Casterly Rock
0: was amazing.
3: That I'm was so cool.
0: drawing a blank on the High Garden. Did I even look at that? <laughs> it,
3: was it was in so there. Exciting. And it high- showed all, like, the gardens and then the walls and how, like, it, well.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's so funny. You know, we got a late a late question that I don't even think I got to all of you <laughs> from Stupid Bunny. She sent in an email and she knew we were doing this podcast. And she goes, why the hell are Jon Snow and Ghost on the last page? <laughs> and even if they were momentarily, to even if I were to momentarily suspend my disbelief, in the context of the book, shouldn't it be Lord Commander Snow? That's it, zero stars. And I didn't even notice, but I picked one up in the bookstore a couple days ago. And it is it, it is John Snow and Ghost in the back of the book and it's like yes. I don't even think John is mentioned in the book. <laughs> yeah, no and it's excited. actually
2: yeah it literally does say John Snow and Ghost which <laughs> I actually thought of that today when I was looking through the book again I'm like why is John Snow in there?
0: <laughs> One what? of these things is <laughs> not like the others.
2: I actually love the picture of Danny in the afterward um where she's wearing
0: Birkenstocks and has the three dragons. <laughs> oh I saw that too. Yeah. She actually looked kind of like pregnant or something in that, didn't she? I, I really like the look of that. She looks super badass. Yeah she, does. yeah, she
2: does. Other than the Birkenstocks.
0: Yeah, some of my favorites were, I loved the picture or the the artwork of um, Aegon on Belerian And I loved Tarth. It was yes. so cool to see the, the Tarth artwork.
3: Yes. Um, personally, my favorite, I guess, one of my favorite, like my favorite Targ. Art was um, it depicted the uh, the fight between Aemon Targaryen and Luceris Velaryon, and how like the two dragons are like oh and, you know, right that when they both went to uh, what was it they both went to Storm's End yeah Storm's End with the cream yeah. colored and dragon Aemon right? totally like a douche attacked <laughs> you know his nephew and killed him. Yeah, and that he was, was like what he was, was like twenty cool. something, and he was only like sixteen. I was like, okay, okay, dude.
0: Yeah, but that was a cool piece of art. I did like that. Um, I, th- another one of the good battle ones was they had that one. I think I've seen it elsewhere, but that really great depiction of the Ruby Ford with mm-hmm. Robert Baratheon and Rhaegar Targaryen too. There were so was there that was, the
2: one on the back and in the inside back cover?
0: Yeah, I think it's hard for me to tell. I full, <laughs> full disclosure, also. I've got the iBooks version ebook of this, so I mean. For me, some of the artwork is kind of oddly arranged. Um, but
4: helms yeah. are so impractical. Yes, <laughs> yeah. those, those antlers.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, the antlers in general are just a really weird idea. So
2: <laughs> Your armor. Just remember Brienne's stupid
0: helmet with the tiny little antlers <laughs> the <show? laughs> Oh my yes. God. that is hilarious! <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to post that with this episode. I forgot how stupid <laughs> <real bad> that <laughs> helmet was. Oh, I can't see shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least they gave up on that, right? True. Yep. Okay, so we do have some um, some uh, listener questions about this book um, that I think we should probably run through. Um, actually, Eon, were you the one who covered this? We had an anonymous who asked what Brienne's house words are. Yeah. It's like, we have bad news for you. We don't know. So, <laughs>
3: so, so much disappointment. Right?
2: <laughs> well, Eon already answered that question. Yes, yeah, and did.
1: I'm going to stick with my answer, too.
0: <laughs> what? So fresh and so feisty. So fresh and so feisty. <laughs> <laughs> he made her own, her own Tarth words. It's canon. Here yes. we go. Yes. <laughs> um, so our next question was from another Anon, and that is, it's not even a question, it's like a statement. And the statement is, I heard Brienne is a secret Targaryen, and oh. it's hashtag TWOIAF. So, <laughs> I think this is based on the fact that in the book, um She's blonde. <laughs> no, in the, in the, in the Stormland section there, they talk a little bit about Tarth and they say that House Tarth has a recent connection to the Targaryens. But of course, do not elaborate despite the fact that we read through reams and reams of Targaryen history and no one mentioned anybody marrying anybody from House Tarth. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Although there's yeah. egg in the whatever that had, you yeah, know, all that's the-, the only
3: thing I could think of is that. It, it it's like the Duncan connection or something. It's going to have to be
2: Duncan. And I did... Well, no, of... I was thinking... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Ina,
1: oh. Ian. Oh, well, I, I kind of came up... I came up with the crack theory. Um, you see, Sir Duncan, he apparently got around, okay? Because he has descendants... Brienne is a descendant, and you have Hodor. And there's a couple more running around w- Westeros right now. So I was thinking... Maybe he had a tryst with Egg's sister, Dalla, or the other one? Either one of them. He had two sisters. One was Dalla and one was... It started with an R, and I can't remember her name. But what if
3: they were... Uh, Rael or something? Rael, yeah.
1: What if one of them was betrothed to, like, the Evenstar? And, like, maybe Dunk and one of Egg's sisters had, like, a little tryst right before the wedding... And he got her with child, oh. and that's probably how it happened.
0: I love how yes. Dunk pretty much turns into this huge ladies' man, which is fun. I mean, I haven't actually read those books, but just from what I know of him, it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's pretty like...
1: naive in the books, but he's younger. So, I mean, we get just a little bit of. We only have three novellas of Duncan Egg right now, and it's just yeah. whenever he was at a young age, and he's he's he reminds me a lot of Brian. At the at the point that the story is at,
0: but that's yeah. what everybody says.
3: Well, but, I mean, even in the in the the Dunkin' Egg stories, I mean, first he has like a, a he has feelings for a, what's her name, Tancel. Tanzel. and the, and then that doesn't really work out, and then you have a Rowan. A World One. and that really, this, you know? this whole thing
1: about her having targ blood really screwed up my whole theory about Brienne's ancestors because of this this really frustrates me. I had to come up with another crack theory about it. I had a theory that it was Rowan Weber. And it really pisses me off that this happened because in <laughs> in like um what's it the sworn sword at the end of it, she's getting married to this Sir Eustace and he's a really old guy. And they yeah. go into the stable and she kisses him and she offers she him this who, horse. She, she kisses who, Dunk? She kisses Dunk? She kisses Dunk. Yes. And she offers him this horse, and he refuses, and he cuts off her ponytail. She has this really long braid of red hair, yeah. and he cuts it off. And I always thought that maybe they got it on in that barn, and he might have, like, got her with child. And that that wrinkles. was Brienne's ancestor? She, yes, and I thought that that was a, Brienne's great-great-grandmother, and then we find out later on in this damn book that that is Jamie's great-great-grandmother.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Like, yes. Hold so, on here. Yeah. So Eon's barn love theory is like <laughs> gone. <laughs>
1: See, the I don't is, see I was what the problem gonna go is. I was going to go with it because if if Lady Rowan Weber was Jamie's great-great-grandmother and Brienne's great-great-grandmother, hey, they're like distant cousins. And no wonder there's this attraction between Jamie and Brienne. Ouch. Obviously, Jamie's going to think
0: that's hot, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, she she still could be Brienne's ancestor, though, right? Because she was married before she married her Lannister, and then she disappeared, she right? Disappeared. And no one knows what happens and to maybe her.
1: maybe Dunk right. stole her away and brought her to Tarth. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> could be. Yeah, I mean, those uh, Dunk's Dunk's coat of arms got to Tarth somehow that Brienne talks about seeing in her father's armory. So, I mean, that had to... Maybe, there
2: was, a, maybe there was some bastard and... Um... For whatever reason, Dunk was charged with shipping it off to Tarth for some reason, and that's, you know, her ancestor.
0: That could be. You know, actually, um, Liz, who was on podcast with us once, um, I can't remember her name on Tumblr. Do you remember, Eon? Damn it. I can't remember.
2: Life in a
1: Bubble Jungle?
0: Life in a Bubble Jungle, yes, Um, on Tumblr. She tipped me off on Twitter, like three hours before we podcasted, to this um, thread on Westeros, on the Westeros forum for this book, The World of Ice and Fire, um, about the possible Targaryen ancestry on Tarth. And I was trying to read through that thread, and it got really tangent y, just into Tarth stuff, and I was like
1: (laughs) (laughs) blazing over. (laughs) I've read it, Chickie, and a lot of people were saying that maybe Sir Duncan got married, but he, he swore swore a vow to the Kingsguard it'd be pretty hard for him to actually get yeah. married.
2: Well
0: because I can't imagine if that him. could happen. Well yeah, right. That can't happen. <laughs> yeah. He could have yeah, been married Kingsguard before he totally became celibate. But you can totally. be totally you can be King's you can be married before you join the Kingsguard. That's happened. Yes
1: and the thing yeah. is though, Dunk he was not he was lowborn. He wasn't a nobleman either.
0: Right. So that's yeah. The idea that, that he would be married to an actual Targaryen, like, who was, like, really relevant to the dynasty is kind of crazy.
1: I think he, he but, had, like, a tryst with somebody. In
0: that yeah, that makes more sense to me. Also, just the fact that, you know, I mean, we're in Brians, had a lot in Feast. And I would think if she had really close, legitimate Targaryen ancestry, she would have had the thought, if that makes any sense, or it would have come up at some point.
2: Mm-hmm. How do the ma- How does the author of this book know, then?
0: God, I don't even know, That's, dude. It
2: just really, really.
0: It could be a bastard. Me. I mean, some bastards are like no. Yeah, it could no, be like one not. of the
2: egg of the unworthy's Many, yeah.
0: many bastards. Yeah, oh, it could be some randoms. That man. Yeah, he. Oh God, that dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of the Targaryens got around, man. Ugh. Okay, we should probably. Sorry, did we just spend like twenty minutes on this? Couch?
3: <laughs> yes. <I think> so. <laughs> this it is why is very we. Need... This is why we need part of the fandom though but this is true
0: yeah this is why i need a lot to moderate because i will tangent off on stuff like See, this like Chicky, right
1: you were <laughs> worried that we were gonna only have about 30 minutes of content on here
0: dude i seriously was worried <laughs> that we have nothing to talk about okay so we have another question from another anonymous which is strap on your tinfoil hats <laughs> based on what you've read in the world of ice and fire who do you think could possibly be Brienne's great-great-grandmother? Oh my god, we already answered this. Yes, we, we kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> or her great-great-grandfather, yeah. So obviously, Dunk is an ancestor of Brienne's. That's that's just about as clear as it can be without being explicitly confirmed. And yeah, it still could be the Roanne Weber thing. I mean, who even knows? I don't, has anyone other than... than uh, IHD, it sounds like you might have read the Dunkin' Egg Tales. Yeah. What would you
3: think? I just... I keep hoping that somehow it has to – see, when I was reading it, I thought that the whole – he was actually going to find Tensel, mm-hmm. and he never did.
0: That's what I, that's like, who you ship him with?
3: Yes. So I'm kind of sad that it's that's, so like, gone. Over? over. It's,
0: it's a crack chip, or whatever. I really,
1: like, I really whatever. liked Roanne She was really feisty. She was really snarky like Jamie. Was cute. she
3: fresh and feisty? <laughs> she was pretty fresh. And feisty. <laughs> yeah, yes, actually. If she had, she, she had was. freckles. She had um she had her bannerman like uh damming right, she she like dammed the, the river or the stream. Mm-hmm. And like she she did not take shit. Mm-hmm. She she's the one they like, called the, the, red widow, right? yeah, the Red Widow, right?
1: Yes, she the Red Widow.
3: Yeah, well, that's a that's a pretty badass name.
1: See, Chicky, you need to read these damn books.
0: <laughs> God, so many Targaryens. I'm so scarred after this thing. How can I possibly?
1: That egg is adorable.
0: But we could talk about the fact that yes, we have found out that that um, apparently ancestors of an ancestor of Brienne's and an ancestor of Jamie's did have a semi-almost tryst. Um, they were almost in love. And is this a deliberate thing that George Martin is doing? It feels like it, right? I mean. Well, he's yeah, already based like part a of parallel the on his own. He has. He has. Yeah. Well, yeah, it has to be a parallel because she's literally been married a couple times before the Duncan Egg Tales, Rowan, right? And she's married to someone else in the Duncan Egg Tales. And then after this, she marries another lady. It's like George is jumping through disappears. hoops to make this happen. Um, yeah. And then she disappears. Yeah. it It, it is interesting. So does she seem was- like Jamie? Is that what you guys are saying? She's a little Jamie-like?
1: Yeah. Like she was into song yeah.
0: fighting and everything. Yeah, this is the best (laughs) part. She
3: she was—I mean, I gotta say, she was feisty. Yeah, she was. Yeah, and I thought there was
0: kind of a. a, a, (laughs) Sorry, what were you saying, Kyle?
2: I was just gonna say I thought there was almost a little parallel. If you've heard the story about um, Prince Charles and Camilla, about how when they got together, like kind of the thing that they started talking about was apparently their grandparents or great grandparents literally had an affair.
0: Dude. Wow.
2: You're so right.
0: Oh good. And so it
2: was kinda like I wonder if that was, you know, precedence for the idea or like the spark of the idea.
0: Oh my god, it is. It is. I just made it canon, it is. <laughs> you know. This is how it is. He did it on purpose, guys.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's okay. a secret royalist. <laughs> he
0: oh, yeah. He's a big fan of the British royal family. <laughs> Oh, my God, I got up at five in the morning to watch the wedding. <laughs> I'm sure he did. It's on his live journal. Sounds just yeah. like GRM, right? <laughs> okay, so next question. Lots in a couple of questions. Oh, God, lots of questions are really something. So <laughs> based on the descriptions and <laughs> illustrations in this book, which one of Aegon the un- who is known as the Unworthy's mistresses, would you plow? Oh, God.
3: I of- actually spent some time on this question. <laughs> oh, God. I'm glad someone did. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that says about me or not. Um, Well, I can tell you the two that I would definitely completely X out off my list. The brackets, the brackets. Uh, first of all, Felina Stokeworth and Jane Loftstone. Because
4: Mm-mm.
3: if I remember correctly, Felina Stokeworth was, was his first mistress and he was she was older than he was. Oh, right? right, and then they got caught, and then then she was kind of married off to the Lord Lothstone. Then she had a daughter, Felina Stokeworth. So technically, um, Felina could be Aegon's could be Aegon's bastard. daughter, right? Yeah, and but she was his mistress, and I'm just like, oh, okay, no. <laughs> and then, and then, even worse is they could be like related. And then what I mean, they're targs. Obviously, it's to them. It's like nothing, right? But, <laughs> yeah. but you know, this is me here. Um, but then he like gave her an STD and then she like was exiled. I'm like, that's your, well, it didn't really be your kid. And you just gave her an STD and then just, and was just like, Oh you're sick, you know, I don't want anything like that. Yeah, not so, only did he give his potential
0: daughter an STD, didn't he supposedly have like a three-way with both the mother and yeah. the daughter, the daughter who was gross. his daughter
3: probably? Mm. Gross! Oh, gross. So, so, finally I was like, okay, if I had to pick, I'd probably pick Naris, but that's his wife so she's not a mistress, so she's <laughs> off too. But then so finally, my last candidate that I finally picked was Missy Blackwood, because In the book, she's described as being very sweet, and she was so sweet that Naris actually befriended her. Yeah, me too. So I'd be like, okay, I pick her.
4: I would pick. Yeah, I'm such a fan of House Blackwood. I have randomly strong affections for House Blackwood. (laughs) Me too. Yeah, I. Wow. Really? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. What
0: about the Black Pearl? She Smuggler, cool.
2: trader, pirate.
0: She's she awesome. Cool. She did seem cool.
2: And then I would do Lady Barbara because she's got a big rack. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: I. Okay, but- I was familiar. I picked Serenii, Sereni of
0: Lies, Sweet Sereni.
1: Because Oh, like she a-
0: was supposed to be the most beautiful, right? Yes, the mus- yeah. most
1: beautiful of Aegon's mistresses, but also reputed to be a sorceress. Sorceress, which I thought was pretty metal. But she actually, she actually died giving birth, giving
0: to
2: Shira Sea Star. Yeah, which is such a cool oh, name. Right? Yeah, yeah, that
0: is a cool name. And she had a cool story. Shira Sea Star did.
2: Yeah. If I was a racehorse owner, I would name my racehorse Shira Sea Star.
0: One day, Guile. One day. Just, just saying. One day. <laughs> you know, I'm totally on the Missy Blackwood train. I think. I mean, like, I've been a fan of her ever since I heard Haas' story about her in in Dance. I mean, she seems pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um so let's see our next question. Oh, Lot sent another one. Lot is amazing with questions. Um <laughs> Do you think all the Targ content indicates a reinstating of a Targaryen dynasty? That's actually a really good question, Lot. Um Anyone have any thoughts? Who's my skeptical voice? Speak up.
3: I say no. I I, I say no too. Um I think it's not necessarily that there's going to be a reinstating of a Targaryen dynasty. I think it might hint to the fact that we're going to be getting like secret Targs and Blackfires and Mm -hmm. Fagon in the future. (laughs) I think think it, it points to that versus someone actually being able to get back on that iron throne. Mm -hmm.
1: I really think it clearly illustrates that history should definitely not repeat itself. (laughs)
2: <laughs> sure. girl's gonna I mean, kill us no i mean i think on some level on many levels in fact you know this entire book is incredibly self-indulgent and it's george talking about shit that he wants to talk about and you know part of it could simply be you know from a logical standpoint of you know taking this master writing this this is what and this is all the history that any living human being would probably know so it's going to be targ history but then also It's just, you know, I don't think that he's necessarily going to get a chance to tell these stories of all of these Targs, and he's had this in him for, like, 30 years. So this is his way of telling those stories, and they're not necessarily going to be part of the overall Song of Ice and Fire. Mm. Mm. Yeah. He's exercising
1: his demons.
2: Well, why expand on stuff that you would just expand on in the next book?
0: Yeah. Mm. Good point. Josie, any thoughts from you?
4: Sorry, Josie. What would you say? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I don't think we're gonna get the Targ's back. I agree with Guile that it's about um, just the history and what everyone would know. And I think it's also a really good way of planting when Fagon and Danny eventually hit Westeros. Who is going to be into that? Like you can see, because you can see where the alliances mm-hmm. are with the houses. and who's a big Targaryen fan and who has maybe been slighted in the past and isn't going to want to, who's going to double deal. So I think it's a way of putting that in too.
0: That is, that is true. It does, it does set up for what the loyalties might be, um, later on. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to know. I, I actually watched this whole long, I have this weird habit of putting on these YouTube videos that, um, Linda Antonson and Elio Garcia make. Um, I don't know if you guys know, have watched any of these or know what I'm talking about, but they, they tend to make YouTube videos about all kinds of things. And I put one on that they made before they, um, before I think they even had this completely ready for the publisher. And they were talking about how um, George had started just, just like cranking out all of the, the input for this, this book um basically they they actually started out it was going to be a book about the characters of of um a song of ice and fire and um eventually they found out they had too much information they couldn't get all the characters in one book so they kind of switched gears and went with more of this historical thing and they they made that pod or that app i don't know if you guys have seen the world of ice and fire app that has a yeah. lot of information on characters so anyway they were talking about how when they finally got their outline to George and then George started writing and filling in gaps and questions that they'd had Of him, They were talking about how like when he hit the Targaryen stuff, he started like sending them emails with like, they're like one would be like 3000 words and then one would be 10,000 words and then one would be 30,000 words worth of stuff that he was just spewing out like he'd had all this Targaryen stuff inside of him just waiting to get out. So yeah, I think you might be right that he might have been exercising some demons with this. I don't know. Yeah, he actually turned this information into a couple of novellas. I mean, he, I don't know if any of you guys read that, um, Princess and the Queen that he published. Was it mm-hmm. last year? Or was it even this year? I can't remember. Who read it? Guile, you read it? No, I've heard of it. read <laughs> it yet. No. <laughs> of it. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah. Fuck if I'm reading it, it's Targaryens, but no. <laughs> <laughs> apparently that came out of this. I mean, like the, the rumor is, and I think George might've said himself that he wrote 250,000 words for this thing. And I think, oh my God, I think they only published 110 wow. or 130,000 total, including what they'd written. So they clearly pared all that down and he pulled some of it into novellas, but that gives you an idea of just how much of this was in his head. I kind of wish out. we,
2: I do wish we got a little bit more of the Targs, like, pre-Westeros, because I have this pet theory that they were, like, the Kardashians of Valeria. Oh, God. Because it even says, like, they weren't especially high noblemen
3: in Valeria. They
2: They were just, you know, they were, like, new money. So I totally picture them as, like, the (laughs) the stupid Kardashians going to Westeros (laughs) and thinking they're big shit all of a sudden. Which makes me totally like them more. I don't
0: know. (laughs) Well, that's really, that's, uh, I love that. No, actually, I would have been more interested in some of the pre-Westeros Targaryen stuff as well. Yeah. Because it's interesting that they had this member of their family who, like, predicted the fall of Valyria yeah. and all that. That's actually yeah. really interesting stuff. We
3: call And her that, and that the, they actually respected the vision. Like, yeah, I mean, Your your relatives comes up to you and says, I just had a vision and this is going to happen. And you're just going to pack up your bags and go, OK, let's just go to bung fuck, you know, Westeros. Yeah. Well, she was relatively young, there. too, right? Wasn't she young at the time? And they still believed her. I can't remember.
2: Well, she might have had some past success, you know,
0: maybe, 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 maybe she helped him win the lottery or something. We really don't she know. She
2: helped with the sex tape. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so we have an Anon question, which is, and I know where this is going. Um, are Tywin's kids actually Targaryens? Um, and I think we all know what this is based off of, which is that, um, <laughs> and I gotta say, this was for me the most interesting part of any of the Targaryen stuff was Eris II's, um, chapter. Um, pretty much I would, from my read, it is implied that. Joanna Lannister and Eris Targaryen probably did have some sort of sexual relationship it's pretty well I mean like it's so heavily implied it's hard not to believe it Um, I don't know where do you guys fall on it
3: banged. I, I think so yes <laughs> because I mean the the what was it that he said at that dinner like I, I hope when she had just given birth to her twins or whatever about her like her boobs and he's yeah. talking about her boobs and how, like, her he hopes that they nice haven't, anymore. like, been misshapen or whatever. And I'm like, oh, Yeah. How would... Oh, my God. Things an ex-lover uh, like, says.
0: Yes. Oh, so creepy! Yeah, well, and what was it? They said that that uh, Eris took her maidenhead the night of his father's coronation, was it? Or something like that? And... Yeah, there's just a lot of... And it's funny how the maester is like... <laughs> the maester who's been getting his information from Grand Maester Pycelle, who's always hilarious in anything he's involved in, and who's so heavily... Tar- or I'm not Targaryen, but Lannister is biased and clearly was like, starting to say, no, there's no possible way that this happened. But it's kind of hard to believe that it didn't. I don't know. Does anybody think it didn't happen? Does anybody think they didn't have a relationship? No. Crickets, no, we all think... <laughs>
3: Yeah. But but that doesn't necessarily mean that, that he's the father of the twins though. Yeah.
0: No. Um in fact or sorry, go ahead.
1: Who was that? Oh I Dion? I really think that Jamie and Cersei are Tywins, but um there's a part where they were talking about um Joanna bringing the twins to that great anniversary anniversary tourney of uh, two hundred and seventy two AC and later after childbirth she dies in like two seventy three. So it's possible, mm-hmm. you know, she could have had relations with heiress during that tourney and gotten pregnant. It, yeah,
0: it definitely opens the door for Tyrion to possibly be heiresses to me. I mean, I feel like that's obviously done. I just,
2: I just don't I hope want not. them to be really Targs. I know, it just it ruins like the entire dynamic of everything that we read five books about.
4: No, I mean, I don't think that Jamie and Cersei are Targs, for sure. I think the groundwork for Tyrion being a Targ is pretty solid. I don't know if he'll go that way, but he definitely could, and you could find quite a bit of evidence for it.
0: Yeah, that's. It. I think, if anything, it fueled the fire of Tyrion being a Targaryen. Um, it's funny, people are saying that, it, that the book excludes Jamie and Cersei being Targaryens, which I don't actually see in the book, but um, Elio and Linda have, like, uh, apart from the book said that they feel like George um, excluded Jamie and Cersei being Targaryens, which almost makes me think they've had a conversation with him about that and that they have heard confirmation that they're not. Um, the book doesn't actually exclude it. I don't know why people think that it does. Um, it, it says that, it says that, what is it? Joanna, Joanna was a, um what was the term? Is it handmaiden or what is it? Lady in yes. waiting to, Lady in waiting
3: to, to Rayella.
0: Raya. Yeah. And, And she was dismissed supposedly because of rumors of this affair between Eris and Joanna. And so Joanna was sent back to Casterly Rock. Yes. Right after her marriage to Tywin um, at the queen's insistence. And then um, Jamie and Cersei are born three years later. And the way that the book puts it, the book says that Joanna was seldom seen at court after that point, after she was sent back to the rock. So it doesn't exclude that, that, she could have seen Eris and that, that he could be the father of the twins, but it's much less likely. As opposed to the Tyrion thing where they actually set up a window of time where you know that Eris and, and Joanna saw each other and that he could possibly have conceived Tyrion with her. It's interesting.
4: And also that adds to that whole thing when Jenna is telling Jamie how Tyrion is Tywin's son. It would be really interesting if Tyrion wasn't Tywin's son biologically. And, and just
0: really spiritually weird. as Tywin's son.
4: <laughs> you know, the kid who's hated most, like, tries the hardest, right? Like, he doesn't like his son, so his son tries really hard, and not intentionally to be like Tywin, but to be great. And, you know, Tywin is the main example of that. He yeah. More of those characteristics.
0: Yeah. Well, and then there is the other thing, and I'm sure you guys caught this reading the Targaryen stuff, If if, you know, help you, you did read it. Um, the Targaryens kept having these kids who were built, or who were, sorry, built, built, what am I? Are they Lego? Um, <laughs> they were born malformed. Yeah, they kept using the terms malformed. And if you, if you look at the terms, it's crazy things. They'd say people were born with tails and with wings. Well, I mean, tails aren't that crazy, but yeah. wings scales. and things like that, scales. Yeah. But if you think about what Oberon Martell says about the rumors that he'd heard about Tyrion when Tyrion was first born, that actually falls right in line with what what is in this book about some of these Targaryen, um, you know, mm-hmm. not not just stillbirth, some of the children I think did live a bit and stuff. So, I don't know, it, it is interesting. Definitely George just threw that door wide open. I don't know, it's the type of thing you wonder if we'll ever know, even if it is true, if we would ever know the answer. Who knows?
4: I think we'll know because there are three dragons, um, so I think that has a chance of coming out. Ooh, you think Tyrion's going to be a dragon rider? I think it's a possibility, and I think well, that would be the way we find out if it happens. Well, but, no, but who else would be a targ?
2: That would be a dragon rider. I mean, a, a if you brain. assume <laughs> Yeah,
4: I mean, I would say John <laughs> Panning, too, right? and
2: you know Quentin has targ blood, and that didn't do anything yeah, for him. Yeah, didn't work. That's
3: true. Yeah,
4: but I don't think it's everyone. I mean, Viserys had targ blood, and like.
3: Yeah, <laughs> True. And, True. and nettles wasn't necessarily a targ, but she managed to, oh. yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. tame uh, what was top. it, sheepstealer, mm-hmm. yeah. sheepstealer. So it's and, and they mentioned that she was just this dirty little brown girl. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, she was just she was like the child of a bastard of one of the Targaryens or something. What did, what did they call them? Dragon seed? Am I? Yeah, dragon. Am I yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah. So who knows? I mean, it's hard to fucking say. God George, write write the next book so we can get answers to some of this shit. <laughs> okay, so next question. Um this is an anon and it is based off the illustrations. Oh god, go <laughs> again. <laughs> Who's hotter? Eris the second or young Tywin Lannister? Oh man. Ah. Uh, this hurts. This was easy soul. for me. Okay, go this- for it, Dramas. Tywin. Yeah.
3: Tywin was totally hotter. Did you see the picture? He has, like, that little, he has that arrogant look, and he's blonde, and he's, he's Those golden chops. Yeah. He kind of looks like, like a non-douchey
2: Joffrey. A
1: young, <laughs> like kind he kind of looks
2: between Joff and Tommen, really, is kind of what he reminds me <laughs> of. Oh, you yeah. Yeah.
1: That young is too, though, is pretty hot, too.
3: Except yeah, he was really pretty.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's where he loses you,
3: those crazy fingernails. Yeah. I, yeah, but I think he's like too pretty,
0: you know. Oh, I get what. Yeah, he is kind of slight. Whereas there's something kind of commanding about that Tywin portrait. It's hard to say.
3: It's hard to say. I mean, I guess it depends on your type. Yeah, some girls like that type. True. mean they do like that. Okay, because <laughs> I mean, I listen to K-pop, and a lot of the idols in K-pop are have the slim you know they're slimmer and they're more non-threatening yeah they're mm-hmm. soft mm-hmm. they have a soft look there you go.
1: who has the soft <laughs> look
0: here Eris too or That's Eris, oh, Eris. Eris. <laughs> okay our next Anon is does the world of ice and fire confirm that <laughs> oh god that Benjen equals cold hands equals Dario <laughs> This is a nod to some crazy theories. But no, but seriously, has the book made you think that any fan theories might actually be true? I mean, we kind of covered mine. I think now that that it is possible that Tyrion is a Targaryen, which I really had kind of dismissed before. Anybody else have any that that kind of opened up for them with this book?
2: For me, it's the... (laughs) Yeah. For me, it was um, that story. I think it was in... um, somewhere way out east about the Maid of Light and the Lion of Night and kind of... Dude! The two of them being together to end the long night with, you know, Azor Ahi or however you say it.
3: Uh-huh. Azor Ahimeth? You know,
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly... Do we know any Maidens of Light who are just or any lions? Maybe you have a little darkness. Mm. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I can't really think of any, but if yeah. there were, then Doesn't it's maybe saying perhaps if they were to come together somehow, something could happen.
0: Come together. <laughs> if they were to create something between them, you might say. Yes.
2: Yeah. Maybe involving a sword.
0: I know. It's hard to see that lion, the lion of the night, and then the maiden maid of light, and not to think of Brienne, especially after, like, Jamie's dream with her flaming sword and everything. It's... So hard. Isn't this it's the maiden so
1: with the monkey's tail?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's the same baby. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. anybody else? Dramas? Josie, you guys have anything?
3: Anything I, light up for you? I don't think it confirmed any theories. I think, if anything, from this book, a plethora of other crack theories can be like started.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I haven't seen, I mean, there have been a few threads, but I'm just like, I think we need to give this a couple months and then people are going to start coming up with really yeah. crazy theories
3: from this. I book. think this is just a treasure trove and I am all for it. Crack, yeah. crack, crack.
2: Get to and it. I, I love some of the little things in the book that aren't even theories. Like we find out that, um, it's one of Egg's kids that was, um, engaged or supposed to marry Olena, um, Terrell. Oh, yeah. But he's gay, basically, and, you know, doesn't want to marry her.
0: Isn't it funny that the show pulled that? I mean, they must have known that that was in this book. Yeah, that's crazy. Because when it was on the show, I was just like, oh, show canon. You know, I didn't even think it was real. That was actually pretty awesome.
4: Have we talked about the drag queen Lannister King yet? Oh, my God. No, not yet.
0: Talk about it.
4: Because I was reading this during class and started laughing so hard. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, one of the Lannister kings basically dressed up as a woman and went to Lannisport in his spare time. And then, I can't remember what his name was, but that name then became really unpopular after that. No, I was like, this is
0: awesome. These are totally Jaime's ancestors. You know that yeah,
4: true. Cersei and Jaime, like, dressing up in each other's clothes thing. Oh, yeah. so much funnier. Yeah, no, it's awesome.
0: Um, yeah, no, that was actually one of the cooler things that they did, um... I like those little, you know, I wish that there was more of that. Just kind of those little really interesting little things that are actually what really kind of catch your eye when you're well, reading we, a history.
4: Getting What's the whole reigns of Casimir yeah. story. That oh, was fast. so good. What was that? The what story? The Reins of Casimir story. Oh,
1: yes. yeah. They yeah. actually
4: drowned the people.
1: Yeah, that's what Tywin did to the the house Tarbeck, And that's just stone cold. That was pretty, pretty
0: cold. Yeah, well, you know, something that had never been clear before is that they killed Tywin's grandfather. They killed his maternal grandfather, and so you kind of much better understand why he went so extreme with that too. I feel like it really did flesh Tywin out a lot better.
2: Which, I mean, again, getting to like who the point of view is. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's definitely produced to glorify Tywin
0: Lannister. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah,
3: I mean, uh, they went into Tito's Lannister further, and you can kind of understand how it was that Tywin became who he was because like i mean titus i mean they have his portrait he looked good but he was pretty like oh my god this guy oh yeah oh pushover and like i was laughing when i was reading about ellen rain and how she like tried to seduce him but he was like what was it he was so drunk he couldn't perform (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> poor Titus,
3: yeah. And I was like, oh, Titus, you can't even get seduced correctly. Like, oh, you can't even get that right.
0: Oh, that poor dude. Yeah, no, he he doesn't come off great in any history so far. That I've seen. Okay, so next question. We had another a nod. And this is, um, is there any information about the quiet, quiet aisle in the world of ice and fire? If not, is there anything you would like to know about it?
1: You know, I couldn't find anything, any mention of the Quiet All, but I'd like to know if any Hobbitses originally inha- inhabited the <laughs> Quiet All, because had the Hobbit holes, because I've joked about the Elder Brother living in a Hobbit hole, so I want to know about the Hobbits. <laughs> Well,
2: isn't the Quiet Isle pretty close to the Isle of Faces, or am I just equating all islands being together? No, the what is the the, is, the Isle of Faces in, is isn't by
3: Heron Hall, right? Yeah, yeah, that's in the God's that's, Eye. That's, I mean, it's not think thirty that's miles not from Heron Hall, they say. Okay, yeah, the God's but Eye thought, is a
0: yeah. lake, and and the Isle of Faces is in the middle of that, and then um, the Quiet Isle is in the mouth of um, one of the forks of the Trident as it spills out into the Narrow Sea.
2: But, I mean, oh, geographically. Salt, it's not to pens. Pens, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, like, I, I didn't expect anything about the Quiet Isle in this, but it does just speak to the fact that what I feel is a really big oversight with this book, which is just that the faith of the seven is just not appropriately covered to my mind, yeah. um, if this is a history of Westeros. Yeah.
3: Like, the only thing that, that comes to my mind is, uh, they talk about, um, what was it? Mager the Cruel and how, like, he, like, uh, Attacked the Faith of the Seven. He mm-hmm. like burned down their like the, citadel, like, yeah, and he yeah. sacked. And then he killed the what was it the sons? Yeah, he some, he like he he killed murdered. the warrior sons. Uh-huh. He just murderated the Faith of the Seven. I was like, oh my god.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, he well, I think he, he or or his who whoever ended up being his successor after because he was basically what was it murdered or suicide? They're not sure. But yeah, um, after him, there pretty much were no more warrior sons until Cersei. <laughs> Well, and it can be
2: kind of, you know, like if you go back to Henry, you know, go back to English history and Henry Eighth and, um, you know, his sacking all the monasteries, essentially. So, I mean, <laughs> it's sort of interesting that some of the stuff has definite parallels in, in kind of the history that we see paralleled in the books, too.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a weird air of like reformation in some of these uprisings, especially the yeah. uprisings of the faith. Um and, and, you know, even what we're seeing contemporarily, but yes, also back in, in the in the time of Maegor, where it's like, you know, I think that all started just because the common people didn't like that the Targaryens were going to have another incestuous marriage, right? I think that was what started that whole mess with the faith. I can't remember who was going to marry who, but yeah, it's interesting. And we'll never know because it's really just not in this book. <laughs> so. Nope. Um. Okay, so... Let's see. Next question we had was from Stupid Bunny. Oh, no, I read that. That was the why on earth is Jon Snow in this book with ghosts. <laughs> um, okay. our, our next question, we had a couple of late questions. One from Math Camel, which is, oh, what do you think of cross-dressing Lannisters? And we actually covered that. <laughs> she, she apparently was pretty impressed, too, by that. I
3: was very happy. I... <laughs> You go, Crossbow. Me too, ironicker. yeah. Well, and
0: I love that it continued through the generations. That's my favorite part of it. Um, okay, and another question from Math Camel. Um, oh, how about Brienne possibly having king's blood? And did this change your mental picture of Tarth? I mean, for me, it did. I just didn't see Tarth as that significant a house that they ever could have married any Targaryen, even I'm going to throw it out, even an illegitimate one. I mean, clearly they're a significant house within the Stormlands, but the Stormlands is one of the lesser of the Seven Kingdoms, and I oh. just didn't see them being significant.
2: See, I took that question as meaning how they refer to um, there were kings of Tarth. Oh, and so dude, Urien nice. has king's yeah. blood, and if they are going to the Wall, you know that could be
0: significant. In oh, good way. point! I totally missed the point of this question. Yes, there, there were we kings on Tarth. Yep. That is true. Yeah, we found that out, and we also found out that the Evenstar is a, a hereditary title on Tarth, right? Yep, and it used to be
2: the last name, I think. There was like a Edwin Evenstar who married one of the Dundarians. Oh, wow. And or Durdarians, ger, no, whatever.
3: What's the theory? I was looking at it online where, like, they're saying then that that's a possibility of, like, the Evenstar and somehow that's related to Azar Ahai or something. And I'm like, um. Hmm. Wow. That's. If there's a possibility. Well,
2: isn't well the because Evenstar, need- the like you know the last light or you know kind of referring to that like a guiding light Mm
0: -hmm. well yeah you know i read a theory about the fact that the dane's seat is called is it starfall or starfall it's but one Starfall. well one is starfall and one is starfall the keep is one and like the the town is another one is starfall and one is starfall is it Starfall? starfall starfall okay so someone was talking about, hey, Dawn is probably Lightbringer because not only do they have Dawn, but they call their keep Starfall. And then somebody threw out in the thread, well, there's also Evenfall, um, which is on Tarth. So yeah, I don't know. There could be I mean, who knows? Who knows where he's going with this whole thing? There's this weird tar connection. Even know. God who know yeah, who even he's making this up as he goes along. Who are we getting? <laughs> Clearly, as he just like wrote off reams and reams and reams about the Targaryens in the middle of, you know, supposedly writing The Winds of Winter, but whatever okay so <laughs> we did it we got through all the questions for this book i guess we all pat ourselves on the back i don't know
1: yeah.
0: i mean like it's hard it's like uh, i feel like we should give this we should do a, a star rating for this book i'll i mean like what what what's like the amazon like out of five stars i would probably give this book three stars like two stars for like content and then like another star for the art that's probably where i would land on it it's kind of like i probably wouldn't recommend it to anyone to buy but i mean like I don't like totally regret purchasing it. I don't know. How about the rest of you guys?
1: I'd say about maybe three and a half stars. It's a nice, it's pretty. It's a pretty book. It's nice to put on your
2: coffee table.
0: It's pretty. It's <laughs> so pretty. <laughs> the pictures are so pretty.
2: Uh, how about you, Gile? 3.5 because it makes a good cat bed.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, it's like, multi-task. agrees.
3: <laughs> multitask. Dramas, how about you? I I actually would rate it uh, higher than that i would actually four to 4.5 dude i i I, I, because i'm the type that i like getting lost in all the details Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i I was reading and i just got lost in the world and then i'd have to backtrack and be like okay wait 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 yiti is like way far away from westeros we're getting back get back to the story (laughs) but i also like reading about all this stuff your leisure i mean and i wouldn't have minded if this was uh, longer to be honest but like i said i do think that this maybe could have been two books instead of one
4: yeah
0: i don't disagree with you there josie how about you
4: yeah i'd say probably a four stars i mean i really enjoyed it um it's not perfect and it's not for everyone but it's i definitely really enjoyed reading it
0: awesome we ran the gamut on this this is pretty spectacular we this might this might even be a relatively balanced review i'm
2: so shocked on this podcast i
3: actually might give them the 0.5 because they have the muppet tullies (laughs) just for that (laughs) kermit and who else kermit Um, and elmo Elmo. (laughs) oscar rover
0: so Genius. Okay. So before we end the podcast, um, we're a little bit overdue running through some, we kind of try to keep up with Game of Thrones season five spoilers. Um, There's been a little bit since we've talked about this last. Um, We heard a tiny tidbit, which of course fandom has extrapolated a lot from, from Sophie Turner, who said that there was a, a scene filmed for this season that was traumatic for the crew to watch. Um, Of course, everybody jumped off from this and kind of paired this up with something that Elio Garcia dropped once about a a chapter for wins that might be controversial in some corners of fandom, a a Sansa chapter, I should say. So does anybody have any thoughts on what this might be?
1: You know what I think it is? And a lot of people jump to Littlefinger raping Sansa.
0: Yeah, I've seen a ton of that.
1: I've seen a lot of that. I really think it's Sansa's going to be on the conspiracy to poison Sweet Robin. Dude, that's
0: what I think.
3: Yeah. That's,
0: that's what I, I think. I think I think Sansa yeah. going to make a morally questionable choice. I think it's yeah. something like that.
3: You two Thomas? That's what I was thinking cuz I I I love Sansa. I love Sansa. I love Arya. I'm not one of those fans that pits them against each other or mm-hmm. thinks that they're two sides of the same coin or anything. Right. But I think considering how both of their paths are going into darker areas i do think that she's gonna make a choice that we're not going to be happy with or that we're going to be very sad about something that's going to change her and i will probably cry
0: yeah that's that's what i suspect and i think that's where she's being led is is to that position of, of you know having to really compromise some of those ideals um anyone else Kyle, josie do you guys
3: care well, well <laughs>
4: go ahead. yeah go ahead, josie. I, um I definitely don't think it's gonna be a little, little finger rape scene because although the show can be very inconsistent times, ending Sansa on such a powerful place like with her clothing and like they're pushing her way ahead of her dance storyline, and I feel like they're they they would not give her that much power and then have little finger rape her like that doesn't so it's gonna be something a choice she makes something that she's in control of, and it's probably something that we're not gonna like right
0: yeah how much you go?
2: If that bitch kills my Robert Aaron, (laughs) I'm going to be so pissed because honestly, he might be my third or fourth most favorite actor on the show because that kid is such a little creep. I love him. He is a precious baby. He is amazing. I mean, the one thing to keep in mind too is I can remember hearing last last season talking about the crew finding it, you know, this traumatic event and it was, the farmer with the kids remains in marine, which uh-huh. was about two seconds of um, of material. So you know, Sophie Turner might be blowing it out of proportion too. Yeah. Sansa, you know, like stubs a toe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she toes. runs out of material
3: because <laughs> I, I really don't. I because I feel like we already had like a situation similar to this because didn't I mean with Danny who had to like kill. Drogo, and she had to make the choice of, like, ending his suffering. Because, like, I guess if um, Sansa has to kill Robin, I would... Oh, God, I, I sound so horrible for saying this. But if she did kill him, I would want it to come from a place of where she is getting, I mean, it's like getting him out of his misery, putting him putting him out of his misery. Mercy. Rather than her going, yeah, I'm going to I want to kill you. Yeah. I
0: I mean, obviously you'd rather do that as far as like what might actually happen. I do think, I I mean, this is my feeling with Sansa's chapters is that this is where she's being led is somewhere that she's going to have to really just, it's kind of like Brienne, you know, confront these, these ideals that you're hanging on to that are impossible to hold on to. And then you're going to have to make a choice. That's going to be morally reprehensible to you is kind of what I think. I don't know. Who knows? God only knows. I mean, 10 years from now when we get the book, we'll find out for sure, I guess. Who knows what will happen in Game of Thrones? Okay, so the next thing, um, Liam Cunningham, who plays um, Davos, uh, gave an interview, a film interview for something. I don't even know what the fuck it was. Um, and he finally kind of confirmed something that we, we had basically known, um, which was that um, season five is going to cover all of Feast and Dance pretty much for the most part. And he did also say that Season 6 is going to be just crazy into spoilers territory. So um, is this news to any of you guys? Are you guys surprised by this? Or is this just like you're just nodding? Because, yes, obviously this is what's happening.
2: Yes, obviously this is what's happening.
1: <laughs> well, after experiencing Season 4, I'm just not surprised anymore.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, what the hell is it supposed to do? Oh. You know, the books aren't there yet. So at some point it's going to veer into... Well, that's it. And if they Spoiler really- territory. What are they supposed to do? Wait 10 years and then come back?
3: Uh, yeah, true. I mean, I was, we, we kind of already had the clues of that this was already going to happen because I mean, they were already starting to change the story with Jamie and Dorn, which was like a complete like, what is going on here? He's not supposed to be there. He's supposed to be in like what the river lands.
0: Yeah, I, I think, I think we're definitely seeing the broader strokes of not only that they're coming to the close of the material that they have, but yeah, that they're definitely willing to, to make the changes as they need to. And, you know, the adaptation was, was really faithful to begin with. And I think it's getting harder and harder the further that they get away from that faithfulness. But on the other hand, you kind of understand it. I mean, number one, adapting Feast and Dance in one season makes a ton of sense to me. I've thought this the whole time as much as I love Feast and I think Dance is a damn good book too you know, just not a lot happens that is translatable to the screen. So it makes sense to me that you need to do this all in a season.
2: I mean, I think, and you know, some of the changes which I think some of the the upcoming questions are going to get into are things that change things that make people hate those books. So the fact that dance ends before anything that you want to happen happens.
0: Yes, yes. If
2: if the TV show ended where dance ended, people would I mean, I would stop, I would want to stop watching if I didn't read the books because I'd be so pissed and annoyed that they wasted 10 weeks of my life.
0: I agree. And you know, George even acknowledges this, that he pulled two battles out of the end of Dance because they just couldn't publish the book if he yeah. kept them in. It was too long. It's so a book he, without he, any endings. It is a book without endings. It, it actually is. And I mean, if you consider Feast and Dance one book, which you probably should because that is what it is, um, you know, you can see it. I mean, like, I, I, it totally makes sense to me. I've been, predicting this for a couple years. I was like, they're going to have to make heavy cuts. Uh, Frankly, I'm shocked that Brienne is even getting her journey at all. I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing, (laughs) frankly, because I was pretty sure that was going to be 90% cut. Um, You know, a lot of things just weren't going to translate really well. So uh, yeah, not a shock to me, but definitely there were corners of the fandom who probably weren't ready (laughs) to hear that yet. So that cuts, that moves into the next spoiler that we got. And we actually had one of the um, producers of the show, Give an interview to Entertainment Weekly that they are definitely cutting Bran's storyline from season five. Um, we kind of had had a hint about this when um the actor for Hodor, you know, said that he was out for season five, but now we have confirmation that that Bran is completely out. Doesn't surprise me for the same reason. They've just got so much to cram into this season. Um it does make sense. And Bran was at the pretty much at the end of his dance storyline.
3: Right. I mean I, I don't know I'm I'm like hard pressed to even say I'm gonna miss him. I don't miss anybody else. No, I would miss him because I liked the brand stuff. Um, but I also thought that you know how the brand starts to I guess learn his powers, and he realizes that he can like use the wherewoods and he can use the roots and he can like see things. And I think that's almost like um, too powerful to be used in the show because then people would be like, well, then why, do, why isn't brand doing this? Or why isn't brand doing that? Or brand could just, you know, look into the future, uh, look into the past and have all the answers. Yeah. You know, that's a really so good they're point. kind of like saying, well, we're going to save that surprise for later on. Point. Josie, what were you saying?
4: Oh yeah. I just, I agree. And I mean, I like brand stuff, but there's nothing happening. Like there's nothing, there's nothing going on right now. And I think it won't be too difficult to reintroduce him when we need him again. Mm -hmm. And right now it's just not, it also means I think that Jojen is going to die pretty quickly into wins.
2: Well, I think Jojen's dead in dance. If you, if you read the last chapter, I I think it foreshadows really heavily. Mm -hmm. Well, and if Mm -hmm. I mean, I love the brand chapters in dance, but I love them because of the richness of the language and the things that I don't think would translate well to the screen. But, I mean, I read an analysis of it and like, oh, yeah, he's totally dead and he's eating them just from the words and like the specific words George chooses and how creepy and bloody and disgusting it is, which is awesome, but –
0: I mean yeah, I'm still holding dead. out I'm still holding out hope that Jojen paste isn't true, but I mean I certainly cannot be ruled out. And yeah, I know I think definitely yeah. yes, Jojen's gonna die early and wins and and you know, Bran's chapters have slowed. I don't remember how many chapters he has in dance, but it's only like I three think or he four. Has three. Is it three? Yeah, it's yeah. not many. I mean this just makes sense and you know what drama's touched on is totally true because this is true of just just ASOIAF theories. You know, you hear a lot of people who are just kind of expecting Bran to solve some things and wins now that he's getting these abilities. So, you know, I mean, like people are like, oh, he's going to save Jamie, he's going to save Theon through the werewolves. You know, I mean, you see these theories all the time. So that totally would happen with the show. And that is a really good reason to hold that off for another season. So that segues us into speaking of another season. Um, we had this news that um, the main members of the Game of Thrones cast—I guess the entire cast—were optioned through a seventh season, which you know they were—they were under six-year contracts, I assume, because that's fairly standard at least in the U.S. for for production contracts. Um, a lot of people took this as spoilers because in like the article we had Kit Harrington and Nikolai Koster-Waldau and, um, Lena Headey, some of the characters who are really big candidates to die probably before the seventh book were optioned for a seventh season. How did you guys take this news? Did you think it meant anything with regards to the spoilers? I don't
2: think it meant spoilers?
3: anything. Um, I don't know. Cause they could also be tricking us and it could be like flashbacks or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't really think it means anything um, other than that it confirms that probably seven seasons is the cap to me, is mm-hmm. what it feels like. Because they, I think, doubled most of the salaries for the seventh season, and it's like you can't imagine them doing another season at that cost.
4: Yeah. And also, I didn't see any of those names that seemed like, for me, huge candidates to die in wins. A lot of them, I think, will die in the last book.
2: Oh but, I think there's some
4: big ones that are I don't know. Like had I seen Tommen, I
3: would be shocked. <laughs> oh no, maybe like Tommen <laughs> Kama right now is crying. She is. She's so
0: <laughs> Okay, so finally, I mean we've got another round of, of information. Any thoughts on the Jamie Brand storylines for season five? Anybody have any thoughts at all?
3: Predictions? I I don't have much faith. No, yeah, me that neither. they have
2: interactions. Yeah. to say, well, you guys know that I have total faith, and I'm just going to state two reasons why I do. Which is that first, <laughs> I feel like I'm totally on a soapbox <laughs> right now. First reason, number one, is that it, it happens in the story, so it would make sense for it to happen in the show. And then the second reason is, you know, they were spotted together in a place that seems like they would have been filming together. So I'm. I'm hanging on to that, and it might be episode 10. I will still be watching yeah, after God. the credits, think, waiting for
1: it. I, I don't know. Gonna be, I think it's going to be a total tease, girl, because it's going to be like, Jamie's cresting a hill, and he looks into this valley and sees Brienne and Podrick <laughs> riding on their horses, and that's hey, it.
2: The wind is blowing in their hair. Oh, yes. but, Ian, will we, able, will we be able to tell if he has a boner or not? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. clears
0: throat> Yeah, I'm really, I you know, I am on the skeptical side. I think we're definitely not going to get a a reunion in season five. I'm really deeply concerned about completely where they're going with the Jamie Brinkin storyline in the show. And the fact that Jamie's so far behind his dance storyline, as far as we know, is really concerning to me. I I don't know what that means. Um, So, yeah, I'm not terribly hopeful, but... God only knows. I mean, who knows? We don't have any idea what's going to happen, really. And I,
2: and I think, you know, the other thing, too, is we know who wrote Episode 2 of Season 4, and you can see how strongly that foreshadows certain things about their relationship.
0: And Yeah, no, I think the show intended to. I, my argument would be I think the show may have changed gears. I have concerns that they may not want to hook Brienne up with a rapist at this point, which is what they've got on their hands. So... That's, like, my only concern about the Jamie and Brienne on the show. Uh, we're going to get mail about this. So I can't wait to get this mail. <laughs> oh <God. laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, who knows? I mean, God only knows. We have no idea. They're going to wrap the whole story in two more seasons. I mean, so it'll be really
2: interesting in February. I'm assuming that George Martin is probably going to do the commentary for episode two. So, oh, um, yeah, you would know, that good. would be
0: I, mean, no, certain, that I agree with you, Gal. Soon. I completely think when they wrote season four, they intended to get Jamie and Brian together. I have no doubt about that. My concern is that they may have changed gears since.
2: And I, I guess my thought is that they are going to get together in the books. And that would be one hell of a deviation.
0: I agree with you. But, you know, I mean, they, they you know, Jamie's going You're to Dorne. You're just Dorn. being a negative Nelly. Dude, Jamie's in <laughs> Dorne this season. I mean, like, we're looking at a season where we see Jamie and Dorne. I mean, who knows what deviations they may be willing to
4: Jetpacks. But I think that's one of the things they do, though, is they change all the stuff in the middle and somehow make it back to the same end point, and then it stops making sense because you're like, wait, this this didn't happen the way it should have happened. But they tend to, I've noticed, to the end point, get to the same place. So I'm thinking Jamie and Brianne might meet up again, but it might be really weird because he was in Doran all season. Yeah, they they could
0: continue with that. Yeah, who is it? Glam made a really good argument for that. That they they do whatever they want in between, and then they hit the big story points, which could be what they're planning to yeah. do. Who knows?
2: Well, and I mean, having Jamie and Dorne other rather than the Riverlands as much as you know, I love the Riverlands story. I love the lesser Lannisters, etc. But from a storytelling point of view, having that character travel to Dorne rather than the Riverlands makes all the sense in the world to introduce a shit ton of characters that we've never seen before. I mean, it's just, I can't fault them for the thought of putting a familiar character in that mix. And I don't know the choices that they would have had other than Jamie to do that.
0: Yeah. With the decision to do door I understand why they sent Jamie. I really don't. I mean, like I don't love it, but I, it's it's not something that I'm, I also
3: think um, that maybe it might have to do with like budget reasons also. That they're mm-hmm. condensing storylines, because I'm sure that it probably would have been more money if they'd have also done like River, Riverland stuff too, and they well, would have had to know. bring okay. in all these other actors or something. It could have been more money, and they might have been like, "Well, what can it's we just do here?" They don't have
2: time. There's too um, many stories to tell.
3: Yeah, I think it's a combination of. I mean,
0: definitely there are budgetary concerns. You know, they're clearly they're at a point where. They're constantly having stories diverge. So you can't blame them for trying to bring stories back together. I guess my argument would be here you have Jamie and Brienne whose stories do converge, and they very well could have done that this season. And yet instead they had Jamie go to Doran, which I don't know, to me is indicative of something. I don't know right, what will happen. But, we'll have but to
2: again, see. in Feast Dance, they don't converge until the last page of their last POVs.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. But, you know, that's early in the book. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. My thing is, it's just like you know, if you want to converge uh, Jamie's, gotcha. if you want to converge Jamie's storyline with somebody, his storyline does converge with somebody, and yet that's not what they're doing. They've taken him a completely different direction. So, I mean, who knows? God only knows what they're doing. And yeah, they do do this jetpack thing. Oh God, I'm just rewatching the first season for podcast, and it's crazy what they had people do. So who the hell knows what they'll? Have? Jamie could just pop up somewhere in the Riverlands in the tenth episode. Who even knows? That's,
3: that's true. Um, I am looking forward to a lot of crack ships happening with Jamie and Dorn. Oh god. Uh, I'm looking forward to Jamie Alaria and like Jamie and all the Sand Snakes. Yeah. Jamie Arya, you know. These Arion. are going to happen. These are going to be things. IHD is looking forward to I is, feel like Ron is there specifically
0: to have sex with them. Bron's, like <laughs> I feel like that's why he's in? going
2: there, is because Braun can realistically sleep with them, whereas Jamie is, can't.
4: Right. Is Jamie Braun Tyrion going to become a ship? Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> God, please,
1: no.
0: Oh, God, season five is going to be a wild ride. We're, we're holding just out make hope. It rain, make right? it rain, make it rain. We're holding out hope for a, a trailer within the next month, which maybe will give us a direction to 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 look at who knows
2: and a little nip slip on the dornish robes just oh so god
0: <laughs> he does look good in those dornish robes though i gotta say the
2: yellow robes of dorn do wonders <laughs> for him
0: <laughs> he's golden he's golden in those robes mm-hmm. okay so guys thanks so much for doing this podcast i can't even tell you um it's it's been a lot more fun than i ever thought that it yeah,
3: would be <laughs> this has been yeah great, i was so scared that we weren't going to be able to have find much to talk about Oh yeah, uh, me too. We
0: found, stuff. <laughs> we found stuff. I shouldn't tell you, but I was terrified that we wouldn't find anything to talk about. This has been amazing for me. So, Eon, do you have thank yous for us?
1: I have two thank yous,
0: and our first one is from
1: Stupid Bunny. She says, um, "Your intro and outro music is a f- is a fucking delight. Every other podcast <laughs> forces me to spend what feels like an eternity listening to either shows themes theme music." Or something that sounds suspiciously similar to the demo mode on a a Casio (laughs) keyboard. (laughs) There is a lot of A Song of Ice and Fire slash Game of Thrones podcast out there. While some are good, there is a few that are great. You guys provide a unique, hilarious, and intimately analytical approach towards... Our favorite, a song of ice and fire slash Game of Thrones characters, their behaviors and motivations, then re- recreate pivotal scenes with dolls on the internet. <laughs> it sets you apart from the rest, so thank you.
0: Why does it? <laughs>
1: also, what other podcast uses the word "fuckery" and invents the wholesome g- genius that is NedBird? Oh I'm yeah, a faithful listeners. Oh, crossy
0: <laughs> Thanks, stupid buddy. And hey, big props to Mr. Lot who cut together our intro music and yes. and and out music. He he Yay. did that for us. Of course, Yay. we stole it all. We shamelessly stole all that music. <laughs> but,
1: yeah. And our last comment is from Joyous Foley's and she says, be Arthur is moored. Yes. Lots comment on digging up be Arthur. Get out, lot." <laughs> Harry Lloyd, Harry Lloyd playing Daenerys. Hell yes! Mama referring to her moon door as her back door. I was the only (laughs) one who thought that.
0: I was dying. I had to mute myself. I was laughing so hard at that. No one else. That was so fun to listen to. Oh god, I was just dying. I was like, does no one else hear this? <laughs> Poor comma. Thanks, Jess. That was a she great says,
1: message. She just says PS, you are all hot. Now where's my group sports brawl phone? Oh no. Merry <laughs> Christmas ladies, I love you oh, all. Oh
0: lot. Thanks a lot for that lot. Thank you, Jess, for the message. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, guys, thank you so much for doing this podcast. You guys don't know, but we pulled Guile in with like a week to go, and she was really like, super game and awesome, even though she didn't want to have to do this podcast. <laughs> and IHD and Josie, who we just like begged and pleaded with to do it with yeah. us. It was just me and Eon, like tiny little. Waifs out in the cold, trying to put this podcast yes, together. The, so thank you so much, everybody, those, for doing this. Those with
3: other punks bailed on us. They did. They yeah. totally,
0: totally bailed.
3: <laughs> so well, I had fun. I was Thanks a little scared guys. to do it. You should have been. You should oh. have been terrified. <laughs> I was like, out. what are what? they going to throw at me?
0: <laughs> you never know what you're going to get with us. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, and good night, everyone. Happy good Festivus. Night. Night. Yeah, happy Festivus. Yeah. <laughs> good night.
4: Good night.